We continue with the Daily Sports Feed on ESPN Harrisonburg. I am Dave Riggert. It's a pleasure to have you along. Well, just had an opening segment, and I went off on a rant for about 10 minutes, so uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll let Noah Fleischman continue with our rant, or just we'll, we'll have a conversation. I'm sure the, the rants have been going on on social media here for the last hour since it was released, the All Sun Belt. Uh, football honors were released earlier, and we talked about it. Tots and Tail, the Offensive Player of the Year and the Newcomer of the Year, but he's the second-team quarterback behind Grace McCall, who was the Player of the Year in the Sun Belt. Well, I thought it might be our last time we talked for a while, but it's not. Noah Fleischman is going to come on from the Daily News Record, the JMU Football Beat Writer, to discuss the Sun Belt Football Postseason Awards. Hi, Noah. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Are you having an, a fun time kind of following Twitter and JMU Nation right now? Yes, you know, a lot of explaining to do, but, I mean, people are making good points. <laughs> yes, they you know, are. Maybe it'll, it'll get fixed next year. Well, that's the one thing, and let, let's start right there, and it's it's what I was talking about here for the past 10 minutes, and and now with you on, let's let's, let's see your opinion on this. But, obviously, Tatsun Teo, Offensive Player of the Year, Newcomer of the Year, but he's the second-team quarterback. And, and Grace McCall is, the, is just the Player of the Year overall. Um, I just I feel like... I feel like the Sun Belt missed missed on this. They missed the mark on this. They messed up. That they 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 could have stepped in. If you've got two quarterbacks that are winning individual awards, you probably need to put them both on the first team. There needs to be a stipulation that if you are an, a major award winner, you probably need to be on the first team. And they did they, they they should have stepped in and done that. It looks kind of bad on them. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I mean. It's the only, this is the only time it will come up because every other position has multiple spots on first team. So if you look at it really, and why does quarterback only have one when there's you know multiple running backs, multiple receivers, you know offensive line's got it set. So I think this is the only problem when it comes up is with quarterback, and I think that they should probably add a code spot, at least a stipulation saying, hey, if this happens, then put two quarterbacks on there and call it a day. Which I mean, I don't think anyone would have been disappointed to see McCall and no. Tail get on first team, but it is what it is. And, Honestly, he won two major awards. Was the only guy to win multiple of the major awards. So I think you know that at least says something about you know what Hudson was able to do this year. And that's the one thing. I mean, yeah, it, it sucks. He's not on the first team, but it's more important to be the offensive player of the year and the newcomer of the year. I mean, those are bigger honors. Again, he does. I'm sure. I'm sure he would have loved to have been first team quarterback. But in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, second team, first team, you know, it is, like, he won the big awards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, coming into the year, he may have said, you know, I'm going to be offense play of the year. Well, if that was his goal, then he knocked it out. And right. I mean, I, of course, you want to be named play of the year, but in a conference where guys won it now three years in a row, it is what it is. Times voters just see the same name again. They, they circle his name. That could have been the thing. And, and just could have been what it came down to. And and the one thing that probably needs to change is maybe just get rid of the player of the year. Just do offense and defense. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't really know why you have to have an overall player of the year. And if, it, if it's a player of the year, shouldn't he have won the offensive or defensive player of the year? I mean, I think they're getting into too many things right now. Yeah, I think so. I think if you're, if you're the overall player of the year, then why aren't you the offensive player of the year, right? I guess it's to give one more major award to somebody right. else. You know, I guess maybe spread the love a little bit, but it doesn't really make any sense. If you, if you can be first team and be the player of the year, then why aren't you named offensive player? I don't know. Um, I think there might be questions about some JMU folks, fans, Inside the program, they all might be asking themselves that question now. And, and nothing against McCall. He again, he didn't play the final two games, but in six games, he had twenty-one touchdowns and one pick. I mean, he's really good. He's he's deserving of a lot of honors. There's no question. But again, a lot of folks around here, and again, some of the numbers, a lot of the numbers do favor Todd Santeo. So it, it, I mean, it is what it is. It, it's 
it's good uh, <laughs> good food for thought for a lot of people. There's no doubt about that. Let's talk about everybody else for James Madison who who got on these lists as we're talking with Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record. On the first team, wide receiver Chris Thornton, defensive lineman Isaac Ukwu. Any surprises there? No, I think that was kind of a given of those two guys. I mean, you could make an argument for what we're going to do to on second team, kind of bumping them up, but those two are pretty much no-brainers on the, on the first team. And it did seem just like looking at the – well, I don't want to go through all the teams, but on the first team – I don't really see an, an argument anywhere. I mean, the running backs, Laburn and, and Webb from Marshall in South Alabama. I mean, the offensive linemen, I, we'll let the coaches handle who the best offensive linemen are when they see film. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the tight end from Arkansas State, Traore, was really good. He had huge numbers. Um, Thrash, Jennings um, from Georgia State, Old Dominion, then KT, the receivers. I mean, that's. I think they got that right, don't you? Yeah, they did. They definitely did. I mean, you look at it all around. The receivers were probably the easiest no-brainer group of all, and yeah. they got all three right. And then, you know, the running backs, Laybourne came in and, and stepped up big for Marshall this year. And Webb was South Alabama, which, you know, was actually kind of surprised we didn't see Kamani Vidal on the first team, who's really been balling out lately at Troy. But it is what it is. He got second team, I believe. But, you know, overall, the first team offense, it looks looks about right. And, and defensively with Isaac, again, um, there's some great players on that defense. I mean, they did pick five defensive linemen, so why couldn't they, they have 12 on the first team defense? Why couldn't they have 12 on the first team? <laughs> again, that's another, we'll, we'll leave it. Actually, they did have 12 in the offense. I, I, they had two running backs and three receivers and a tight end. So, I okay. All right, all right. I'll, I'll get a, I'll get off my soapbox. I'm done. I'm done right now. But, all right, second team Dukes, Todd Santeo. Uh, Nick Kidwell on the offensive line, despite missing some time, he's still got some honors. And then James Carpenter, Jamar Yedrill offensively. Uh, good for Nick Kidwell. Obviously, we know what kind of rock he is up front for them, and they certainly missed him when he was gone. Yeah, he, he's a big piece of this offensive line, and you know he's one of those guys who you circle. You can you can tell he's not on the field, and you know he we saw that when he was out for a few games. We came back, and the offensive line started clicking again. Jamie's offense really opened back up once they had full protection in front of Santeo, and, and he's really. A, one of the key pieces in this line, and I think Jamie's going to be happy that he's coming back for one more year next year, and, and the whole line as a whole stay together, which I think this line next year will be even more dominant than they were this year. Yeah, I think so too, no question. And then on, on defense, boy, we I know we were hoping James Carpenter would get on that first team. Um, again, it, it is what it is. There's a lot of really good football players. With 14 teams, there's so many players. It, it's so hard. For him to be second team as a nose guard is impressive. I think the coaches certainly recognize what he's done. But Jamari Edwards came on late. Again, I, I know he didn't. we didn't get to see him last spring. I know there was a little inconsistent early. But, boy, he really played his best football late. He did. I mean, the last game of the year, I think he had, what, two sacks, three and a half mm-hmm. tackles for a while. Something crazy. I mean, he played well in the end of the year. And I think you know, when you're doing that in front of Sunbelt coaches, it kind of helps you get on, the, on these first and second, third teams. And, you know, he's one of the guys who took the social media after they came out and you know, voice his displeasure for why Todd Santeo wasn't on the first team. And, you know, it starts with a first word of R and ends with rigged. So, I mean, just as it is, he, he tweeted that. And, you know, a couple other guys on the defense weren't happy. I mean, this isn't just an offensive thing. This is, you know, I saw Francis Meehan. He, he, he tweeted and was like, what? And so I think, you know, a lot of people aren't mad. But, you know, Jermaine Edwards definitely deserved it. And, I mean, he, he played really well this year. And one thing that, that we talked about, and we thought it would be a strength coming into this year, and it certainly has played out to be that way, but but having Kidwell and Carpenter, those guys back up front, as they move forward and have some new pieces fill in and that roster turnover, um, the Lions are in still pretty good shape right now to have these guys back uh, for next year. Yeah, they are. I mean, James Carpenter, he, he was probably the, the best defensive lineman just consistently the entire year for JMU. Um, you know, maybe outside of Isaac Kuku, he was there, but Carpenter seemed to play all over the field every time he's on the field and playing almost every snap. So, 
good that he's only, what, I think, a redshirt sophomore this mm-hmm. year, so having him back for a couple more years helps this line stay consistent. I mean, they're going to have to add some pieces, as we talked about last time, but overall he's one of their best players coming back. Again, we're talking with Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record, talking about the uh, Sunbelt All-Conference teams that were announced earlier today. Again, Todd Santeo, the Offensive Player of the Year and the Newcomer of the Year, uh, second-team quarterback. But on the third team, Percy J. Obese gets some honors. As, again, he was third in the Sunbelt in rushing, so he really probably could have been a second-team guy. But he had a really good good season coming back. Um, Taurus Jones on defense. But um, good to see Percy get some honors. I was hoping he'd get second-team, but uh, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, he seemed to run the ball really well this year. It seemed like yeah. the old Percy that we've seen the past few years, you know, outside when he's not hurt. And he played, played really well, got close to, you know, um, tying the, the scoring record this year for a career. So overall, he had a really good season. And then, you know, Torres Jones as well in third team. You know, I'm surprised he's that far down the list. Jamie's leading tackler. And one of the best linebackers in the conference, really, when in a deep linebacking conference, even as a sophomore, too. I mean, you know, it's something that, you know, he should be proud of. And I think, you know, next year we'll see him work his way up these, these teams. This conference has some linebackers that make some tackles, man. They've got this is a stacked linebacking core. I mean, and, and Taurus again certainly is is right up there with all of them. Um, but boy, with with Henderson and and Marshall and others, I mean, there's there's some really really good linebackers in this league. There are. I mean, when you've got the, the two first team linebackers both being guys that were chasing different records yeah. this year, I think that tells you a lot right there. And, and I mean, they didn't really have numbers that were crazy outside their tackles, but it did enough to get them on the first team defense. And you know. It is what it is, but I mean, Carlton Marshall, I think, is close to setting the record. If not, he already did. And then Jason Henderson was close to getting the season record, but got hurt late in the year, and it kind of lose changes to that. But two guys have played really well down the stretch. Anybody that didn't get on first, second, or third that you thought should have or maybe got snubbed? Jalen Walker. I mean, yeah. we're talking about linebackers. I think he, he deserves to be at least a third-team guy. Um, you know, other than that, I think the other guys I got on him and mentioned was good to see him on the list, but I don't know. You can make too strong an argument for them to move up just considering who's in front of them right now. But, you know, Jalen Walker is probably the one that, that you can make the biggest argument for. Yeah, Jalen Walker, Drew Painter, the tight end, and defensive back Sam Kidd, Jordan Swan were all mentioned um, for JMU. As each team gets four honorable mentions, so it's not like some, some leagues have like 10 honorable mention and just, hey, here you go. Here's your participation trophy. <laughs> but I, the one guy that I was thinking was maybe Sam Clark. I think he finished third in the league in, in punting and, and probably just missed out on, on finishing first, second, or third team. But that I guess that's really the only other guy I'm thinking that maybe got left off. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the, the punting, you've got three punters on here, all from the West. So I guess that's, that's something no, no East punters got any uh, love. But, I mean, other than that, he punted well, especially down the stretch in the last game, you know, having two punts inside the three-yard line. So, kind of crazy. Okay, we're talking with Noah Fleischman from the DNR, wrapping up the uh, Sunbelt All-Conference Awards that were announced earlier today. And we'll finish with this one. The coach of the year was not Kurt Signetti. And, and, and this is – I talked about this in my, in my first segment, and just to kind of let you know is that I, I – in my heart, I think Coach Signetti is the coach of the year in the league for what, what he did with his transition, being picked sixth in the East and, and everything like that. But Coach Summerall at Troy did a heck of a job, too. I mean, they were picked third, so they were picked to finish higher. They finished first, but they're hosting the the, the championship game. They're, they've won 10 games. I mean, it's pretty impressive what they've done. Really should be 11-1 without a Hail Mary at App State. So I, I'm not mad about this one. I, I feel like Coach Signetti should, should have won it, but I can see how Coach Summerall did from Troy. Yeah, I can see, but you know, at the same time, I mean, I don't know a guy that <laughs> takes a team that was in the FCS last year and makes them, you know, what would have been the East Division, uh, you know, champions, and then playing the turn the championship game this weekend. I don't know how you don't win it there. Um, 
maybe it's some coaches around the league that don't like him or whatever it is. I mean, <laughs> we've seen the little subtle shots that some coaches have been taking back and forth lately about you know how JMU's transition was easier than theirs allegedly. But I don't think it's an easy transition whenever you do it. And you know, for JMU to win eight games and and do things they did, it was pretty impressive. And you know, I don't know. I think JMU fans as a whole aren't happy about that either. But at the end of the day, you can't really change it. And you know, I don't think Kirsten can be too upset. Um, you know, he'll try to try to just win a Sun Belt title next year and kind of you know put this behind him. Yeah, no question. All right, um, I guess this will be it for a while. I don't know. Oh, before I let you go, you were again. You're a VCU alum. You were in Richmond last night. You're covering JMU and VCU women's basketball tonight. You were in the house for the Jerry Stackhouse show, weren't you, last night? Yeah, I've never seen anything like that last night. It was kind of insane. Okay, um, for folks that don't know, go go through this story. All right, so in the, it's second half, and you know, referee the officiating wasn't great the whole night. I mean, there was fouls been called, and there was fouls that weren't being called. Whatever, going both ways. A lot of free throws were shot. I think fifty-seven and all for the game, so ton of free throws. But they had a guy who went down the court and dunked it. And he dunked it over somebody. Impressive dunk, and he, he started running back and doing the, like, you know, tapping his head saying, you know, you're too short or on your head or whatever it is, and the referee gave the guy a tech, and then, you know, Jerry Stackhouse, Vanderbilt's head coach, wasn't too pleased with that and came out and argued and, and got in the referee's face, picked up a tech, started to walk away, then ran back toward the referee, chased him down, and then picked up a second tech, and they wouldn't leave the court when he got ejected, and so they basically had, you know, Vanderbilt travels with his own bodyguard and his bodyguard literally had to almost drag him off the court to, to bring him to bring him off. And he basically pushed him back to the locker room. So it was definitely something I've never seen in the college basketball arena, but it was exciting. <laughs> I'm sure it was uh, seeing it on TV is one thing, seeing it in person and, and it's, it's something all, all totally different. So good for you. Good for you. What do you expect to see tonight? JMU VCU women's game. It should be good. I mean, VCU women didn't start off too hot, but they went down to the Bahamas um, over Thanksgiving break and went 2-1 and one there and, and beat a good team um, in Wisconsin. So, I mean, they've got a Big Ten win this year. Um, they also beat Seton Hall. But I think, you know, JMU's playing really well. We'll see if Kiki Jefferson can continue her streak of 20 points or more. She's done it every game this year. And uh, if she does that, I think Jamie's got a good shot. Yeah, they're playing well. She's playing phenomenal right now. It's amazing what she's doing. So hopefully she does keep it up tonight. But uh, they'll tip off again at VCU tonight, and we'll have a game for you over on WSVA. So we'll have you listen to that. All right, I appreciate you, my man. You can read more about uh, Todd Santeo and all the Dukes as they received a lot of postseason honors today, 12 of them as a matter of fact. Read it online, DNR Sports, dnronline.com slash sports, or pick up the paper as well. Noah, thanks, my man. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you.